Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. So let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Romans. I think I've written an epistle myself. So it's going to take time, and I think you should sit tight. <laughs> it's going to take time because for the first weekend, I've been interested to preach for two hours, and I've never done this before. <laughs> Who is ready for it? How many of us have slept properly? How many of us have had a good night of sleep? Very. Yes, thanks, Aiden. It looks like not you're not there. I didn't. You know when there's something inside you that turns, and you don't really know what it means, and you say, well, am I even the right convey for that? And God is still saying, yes, you are. So let's see. Um, many people actually talking about sleep. We are going to talk about that in a different context. God is mindful of every single thing that goes on in our life. He's mindful of us. He's mindful on the way we wake up. He's mindful on the way we go to bed. He's mindful on the way we sleep. The nightmares that we have, he is aware of those, and he knows whether it comes from the enemy or it comes from eating a bit too much before going to bed. The Bible says that God is mindful of us. As we sit here today, maybe the first thing I want to start before even getting into the world is to remind you all how precious you are before the Father, how loved you are, how much you are loved by him. And we always try to mention it, to convey that message, but... Irrespective of whether we say it over the next 360 days, minus five, it is for you to remember this every single step of the way, when you will face lows and highs, to remember the sound of the voice of God saying, I love you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm with you. You know, I have the privilege to be a father, and I think I understand a little bit more some of the dynamics and some of the relationships that God wants to have with us. You know, there is a unique authority that you have as a father, but you cannot always use the wand of authority. You've got to use the wand of relationship because that's what helps connect with the children. And the children, because we are children, it means that we can go sometime in our own odd ways. That has nothing to do with what the father wants. But yet, as a good father, as a caring father, he gathers us back to him. And he's done that many years ago through Jesus Christ. From the onset, we were lost. From the onset, we were destined to perdition, to, to hellfire. But God said, no, not my children. Now, I won't allow that. And he sent Jesus Christ. So we started the year with that communion to actually reset the clock to what it is. It's a time of God. It's a time for God's business to be done. It starts now. So the question is, today as we sit, are we prepared to allow God to speak? Are we prepared to allow God to direct us? And I have been dithering a little bit with this message. It's from the book of Romans, chapter 13. And the title of the sermon is, It's Time. It's Time. And why I've been debating with this message on my mind was, you know, well, it should really be about five minutes that I should be able to say it's time. But then time for what? 
What is God saying about the time that he controls? What is God wanting to remind us today around the time? The Bible tells us something that the days are evil. That we know. And thank God for Pastor Phil, you know, bringing us back to praying for those people around the world who go through so many things day and night. You know, the things that are happening in Iran, the things that are happening in Australia, the things that are happening even in many countries in Africa, um, things that are heard sometimes, things that don't come to the BBC or Al Jazeera, whichever channel you listen to, the same kind of news. Things are happening. And we are here on the comfort, in the, the comfort of our seat, in the four walls, and praising and praying unto God. And many of you have gone to mission. Some continue to go to mission. And some see things over there that are actually disturbing. And even yesterday, collectively, we were recapping, trying to say, okay, what is God actually saying for this world? What does he mean? What kind of days are we living at? And actually, fundamentally, what is our, our role? among, you know, in, in all this fire and all these circumstances, what is it that God is looking at us to do? How much does God want to partner with us? And that's the question around the time. That's what we want to look into. So let's read from the book of Romans. I'm taking from the NKJV version. Uh, I will read it. And it says, and now from 11, Romans 13, 11 to 14. And do this, knowing the time. Can you repeat, knowing the time? Knowing the time that it is now high time to awake out of our sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. 13, let us walk properly in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness, not lust, not in strife, not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Now, can I actually say that when I looked at this scripture, coming from Paul, who has actually been in the book of Romans, reminding the church on many things that they needed to look into, he being in prison, in jail, in four walls, probably in the cold, and having no visibility whatsoever except looking with the eyes of God and perceiving what was happening in the church. Do you know that the problem that he articulated at that time is still the problem that we do have today? Because the Bible is timeless and because the word of God is always true for every situation it is. And he was actually saying, hello, hello, do this. Knowing the time, it is high time to awake out of our sleep. Now can I ask you something? And I have written so many notes that I'm not going to look into because I feel that God is on something this morning. He said, it is time. It is high time to awake. And I'm thinking, who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? What's, what is he telling people to wake up? So when you tell people wake up, it's like, normally if I tell my son wake up, it's like maybe going to school, getting ready, getting prepared, going somewhere. But if you say wake up in that context, it's hello, you haven't seen it, you haven't heard it, you are not alert, you are sleeping, you are slumbering, you are not sharp, you are not prepared. There is a task, there is a work offense. Now it does remind me very clearly of what John the Baptist, similar to the kind of message that he had before, 
that hello, someone, the voice of someone preaching in the wilderness, repent, make straight the ways of the Lord, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's similar, probably different purpose, but in terms of the call, in terms of the purpose, in terms of the audience, guess what? This is to us. This is a message from Paul to the disciples. Bear in mind the Lord Jesus has been killed, the Lord Jesus has departed, and later him and Peter will remind the people that, look, forget it, don't be, don't be, don't be deceived. You have not seen yet, but God is not slack. His promises that he will come back is certainly true. And you are missing the point if you are then slumbering away, if you are actually letting go, if because he's no longer there physically, you think he's no longer with you. God has said, behold, I go, I prepare a place for you, I will come back. I'll come back to this place because I will take you with me and take you to my father's house. Actually, I'm going to prepare a mansion for you. There are many things for you. And we think that today, 2020, that is not time. Many of us have come without the perspective of time. Many of us have come with only in our mind the focus on what we want for the next week or for the next month. Or maybe the, the, the devotion or the, the plan for the year, the 360 for the year downloaded on our app. Or maybe we are looking at the finances and all our spreadsheets are ready. We know how much spending. We know which holiday we are going to take. We know how things are going to happen. Because we've got it lined up. With God, is not like this. God is telling you to plan, but he's telling you, focus on the time. Look around you. And Paul is saying, you guys are sleeping. You need to wake up. Why is he saying that to the people who have followed him, to the people who have supported him, who continue to send, you know, messages to him in prison? Who continue to say, Paul, don't worry, it's, it's okay. It's okay, the church, the work that you started, it carries on. But he's telling them, no, 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 I'm not interested. Wake up. And I want to think there that he's reminding us that for him is becoming unpalatable. That what the Spirit has put to him, has shown unto him, is that the church is no longer fit. The church is no longer prepared. The church is no longer ready. Why? Because the church gets distracted. If the church gets distracted, it means that the Lord Jesus will come back. And no one knows the time. No one knows the hour. No one knows the when. He told the apostle, it is not for you to know. It is for you to be ready. And if it's for you to be ready, then don't worry about knowing. Just get focused on being ready. Now, how many of us today are ready? If Christ should come here today, how many of us will raise them the same way we've been able to say, we have had a good sleep? How many of us can say, we are ready, Lord? I can't. I have the mic, but I can't. Can you? So if you can't, then there is a problem. Because I tell you, this church is on fire for God. And you are on fire for God. I believe that's why you are sitting here on the first weekend of the year. But if you can't, how many outside here can? And then you roll it, exponential rate. How many Christians in the world or whatever it is? How many can say, Lord, we are ready for when you come back? And I'm not talking about the care of the world because the Bible says those cares are enmity with God. So let's be careful about why we focus our mind on the message today. It is time. It is time to wake up. It is time to shape up. It is time to be prepared and ready. Doesn't mean that what we've done in 2019, doesn't mean that what we've done since we gave our life to Christ is inappropriate. No. But Christ said that I don't no longer want you guys to get on milk. It's time to get to chew the hard stuff. It's right time to get to do the big things. It's time to be ready. It starts time, time, time. You know, do this knowing the time. 
that now is high time to awake out of sleep. He's telling me the time is short. The time is short, brothers and sisters. And what does he mean that the time is short? You know, I feel and I perceive and I stand corrected. I thank God for a road who led this way this morning in terms of amazing grace. And Pastor Phil came again this morning talking about amazing grace. But there is one line which I jotted in maybe page 17 of this sermon about the grace of God. Now, the grace of God, brothers and sisters, I might believe, and I don't say it's a doctrine, I may be wrong, and I stand corrected. And please do if you feel that I'm wrong. But I believe that there is a time for grace. The one who applies grace, the one who gives grace is the king of kings, is Jesus Christ himself. But there is a time where that grace will no longer apply. When? Judgment day. Because the same Jesus Christ is the king of glory. He is the one who will administer judgment. And when he comes to bring his church back to the Father, there is no longer grace. Is a point of judgment. So you can do everything you can to get closer to God. To be tucked in with God. To love him. To serve him. To follow him. To press on. Put your hand into the plow. Because it's time for grace. You can get it wrong. It doesn't matter. You go back to God and you ask for forgiveness. And you move on with God. Because the grace of God is sufficient for us. But when it comes back, this is judgment time. Hello? Message of the first weekend of the year. Judgment time. Terminator. I need to go and watch it. I loved it. The only thing I can't, can't be Schwarzenegger. It's not pleasant. It's scary. But he's also the God who loves us. He's the God who has plans for us. He says in Jeremiah that he knows the plans he has for each and every one of us. Those plans are not going to be taken away. You know, the only people who can take God's plans away from us are ourselves. I always say that. If God is giving you a very nice umbrella, like my brother used to have, man who has Beautiful umbrellas when it rains and you use that. But when, if you have a nice umbrella that God has given you to shield yourself against the rain and the adverse weather, and you decide, oh, no, not umbrella. When you are wet, who do you complain to? Because God has given you an umbrella. You don't use it. You get wet, and then you get a cold, and then you get to A&E. But you've got the umbrella. Hello? You are not using it. So if God has promised in Jeremiah 10, 29, and then you crossed over and it didn't happen, who do you blame? You see, God says that we should ask, and then we should, uh, we should ask in faith. If we do not ask in faith, we should not dare that they will receive anything. And we stand here today, Paul is telling the church, he's telling his brothers and his sisters, his co-workers in Christ, I'm aching, I'm seeing, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Actually, it's hurting me much more than my chains in prison. I perceive that you guys are not ready. I perceive that there is a very high risk that the Lord will find us unfit, unprepared when he comes back. That message is not the when, you know. Let's not be sidetracked with it. Why we are not ready is this. Do you have many reasons that you can come with? I fundamentally believe that there is an element where we get distracted by the things of the world. And also... There could be maybe a lack of understanding of what it is really to walk out of salvation with fear and trembling. 
Because it's meant to be ongoing. It's not meant to be just a time and you, give, you say yes to Jesus, you sign the card in church and you come up and then you sit and then you live life easy. Or with the challenges, you know, whatever it is, or depending on the season. I think there is an element where, yes, you could say, once save, always save. You could say there is no more condemnation and therefore nobody should talk to you when you do wrong. That's fine. It's the doctrine at that point. It's not necessarily the truth, but fine. What the problem becomes is if we lose focus on what is the most important thing. And the most important thing, I believe that Paul is reminding us, is not ministry. It's not individual ministries. It's not effectively contributing and giving tithes and offerings. It's not reaching out to brothers and sisters. It is important. All these things are important. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is your faith, your salvation. What is it? Where is it at? What does it mean today for you to be saved in the 21st century? What is it? How do you live your faith? How do you act your faith? How do you speak your faith? How do you, you know, share your faith? Where are you at? And we can actually go on justifying where we are not where we should be. But the Bible even tells us that, Behold, my brothers, behold, my sister, behold, my children, God is not mocked. And cannot be mocked because he says he has his eye over the year 24. Do you think that is just knowing what is happening in Iran? And God has his heart deep down into our hearts. His eyes are seeing deep down in our hearts what is happening there. And if he sees deep down, then he knows where we are at. So therefore, we can't tell him otherwise. It doesn't make sense. It's foreign language to him. There is a song that God expects from each and every one of us that is a song of faith. And that is timeless. That is timeless until he calls us back home. Because if the Bible tells us again to mind the narrow path, trust me, it is narrow. And if we need to mind that narrow path, what Paul is saying here is it starts with the awareness of what's going on. And the response needs to be given now. Not tomorrow, but now. Amen? Said this, knowing the time that now is high time awake from our sleep. So the time is short, and he goes on. The night in verse twelve. The night is far spent. Night is far spent. The day is at hand, and then goes on to provide a solution. He urges believers to cast off the works of the darkness. Do you see how interesting it is that he ties up the darkness? The night to the darkness and the walk of the darkness is all tied up in that same statement. And he said there is a call to action. The therefore there is a call to action. It's not like sitting and then, oh, thank you, Paul. No, no, you stay a bit quiet in prison. We, we are okay. Church is growing, you know. Believers are being converted. Think about Acts in the book of Acts. The Bible tells you that they were added daily those who believed to the doctrine of the apostles. That daily they were fellowshipping together. That daily, and because they were in unity doing that, then God started adding to their numbers. So they were multiplying. They were living, experiencing the love of God and living in faith. In that context, and Paul is then imprisoned a number of years later, they are still meant to live with one another and support one another and encourage one another, but nobody comes with that. Nobody comes and awake from your sleep. So what's happening in those gatherings then? What is happening? That it takes Paul 
from the confines of a jail to say that message. Why well, the Bible is telling us, behold, we need and we ought to sharpen one another. And I always like being sharpened by brothers and sisters. We do that respectfully in love, but it's the truth. We ought to grow. But then they are in a community of believers meeting daily and missing the key cog, which means the danger of not saying to each other the truth is that we may miss out on the narrow path. We may miss out because we are distracted. Is refocusing where it matters. Yeah, now and then, guys, awake. The time, now, is high time. I, on a priority rating, is on the top of the agenda. Forget about how many other letters it is on the top of the agenda. Christ will come to take his bride, amen? amen. How beautiful does the bride need to remain? The story of the ten virgins, again, is a story that is for our understanding that we need to continue to have oil in our lamp, to continue to have the fire burning, not to let go. The Bible says a little slumber, a little sleep. So your poverty, or where we think the riches probably will lose a couple of pounds. No, your poverty, spiritual poverty, your dryness will start from that time because you slumber, because you sleep, because you do not watch. Watch and pray so you do not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Now we are going to get into the flesh because he said, therefore, cast letters together collectively. Let us cast off the work of the darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Can we please go to Ephesians 6? And sorry for that because I'm jumping in terms of the scripture. It's not according to the script, actually. But let's see what God has to say. Ephesians 6. And we've heard that before around putting on the armor. From 10. I read, finally, by the way, the author is meant to be the same. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vials of the enemy. There is something that is clear, is a call for, to action. You know, we believe sometimes that we pray and God hears us. Of course he does. But you know what? God is not putting this armor for us. He's not going to do that. He's given it to us. Why do we expect to pray and then be idle? He's not going to put that armor. He's not going to put the helmet. He said, you put on. Yeah. Armor, where is it? Oh, I don't really know. I left it at home. Oh, well, you are a soldier entrusted in the army of the living God. You go to war and you leave your toolkit at home. I mean, even when you have to play football just to train, they will tell you, you are not fit. Please go back. You will train with us another day. Now, it's an army. It's an army that is fit for purpose, that is active, that is effective for the kingdom. And we leave the kit at home. It's a put on. You take it upon yourself. You know, the children of God were asking, oh, Lord, Lord, we don't understand. They were saying all sorts of things. Where is the word? And God said, do not even argue about it. Don't come and ask me where is the word. The word is not the heaven. And you can't ask somebody, go and take it for us, bring it there. near. The word is near you. And he said, it's very near you that you may do it. So we can't just say, Pastor, Phil hasn't really broken that word perfectly. Um, his, his message was a little bit, you know, too fiery. <laughs> 
And then we haven't executed on that. The responsibility to be Christians lies with us first, and he sits with us. The honors on us, honors on us, is not on anybody else. Our responsibility. And if God is saying, put on, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil, we know the enemy. We don't always call his name because maybe it's irrelevant. But yes, the Bible and Paul tells us he's very relevant. He's very relevant when you crossed over. He's very relevant in your planning. He's very relevant in your decision making. He's very relevant in what you're trying to do. Oh, well, sure, he's under our feet. No one doubts it. He's under our feet. But we need to be aware of his vice, his strategy. Because if we are unaware, then again, we will probably think that the deception that he's actually giving out there, the messages that are being conveyed about the ineffectiveness of the church, about the need not to be on fire for God, about different gospels coming out there, about so many people coming with a different doctrine, we start believing that. We start believing in the angels of light. We start believing in all the weapons of our welfare are mighty in ourselves, not in God. We'll start glorifying ourselves. We'll no longer say, oh, spiritual exercise profit a little. Um, physical exercise profit a little. We'll say spiritual exercise profit a little. Oh, we don't really need the gathering of the brethren, actually. We are good. can pray. I'm over spiritual and super spiritual. That's fine. God say, meet. Meet with one another. Sharpen one another. Where it is? He said, the enemy is the one we wrestle against. Not against flesh and blood, against the principalities, against the power, against the ruler of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. We know this scripture by heart. Next step, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand. So it's first withstanding before standing. Now, the point is this. The church of God, God is always equipping his church to stand. But to march on, it's meant to be a dynamic church. Every time we go to conference, every time we hear seasoned men and women of God, they always say the same thing. The church of God is meant to be dynamic. It marches on. It takes new territory. It advances the gospel with purpose and the authority that God has given us. Against that, there is also a backdrop of we may not really know the direction. We may not really know how much time it will take for the project, for God's project, for God's vision to take place. But we press on, so there is a perseverance. There is a to do it yourself. But withstanding is so important because if you are not, and I'm not able to withstand, there is no way I can walk, there is no way I can even run. So how can we then say we have movement, we have motion, if you take it verbatim, if we cannot even able to withstand? And God is equipping it for that daily. If we so choose to open our Bible, if we so choose to pray with intent, with perseverance, if we so choose to make God our focus, he does drop it on us. And you see, that's what I mean. That's the way you need to go about it. Yes, and he gives us the grace again to carry on. Amen. Too often, for too long, I believe that we are comfortable with not being the children that God wants us to be. Too often, for too long, we talk about reset without actually effectively resetting the clock, resetting ourselves to the point I use, I think, on 31st, something like reboot, spiritual reboot. We shouldn't be comfortable. Too often, we are comfortable in mingling with the world. I mean, we no longer influence the world, do we? 
or we no longer influence the way we should. And if we don't, then there is a problem. There is not a problem with the message. There is a problem with the applicability of the way we translate that message into real life, into real situation, into practical situation of our families, for our neighbors, for our friends, and for the foreigners. And God looks at us at the people that will progress his agenda. So the call that Paul is making right now is it's not just and it's never just about ourselves. Yes, it is time. It is time, it is high time to awake for a dynamic approach, for a reassessment as where we stand. My call today, and certainly I believe that what God is saying today is not to completely disregard your, your plan for the, the year ahead. Your dreams, your aspiration is not that. It can actually work in conjunction with the word and promises of God. What I think I'm saying today and what I believe, and sorry if I'm not doing it as clearly as I ought to, but what I believe the message is, let's actually probably take a step back. You know, not rush too much into decision making. And see, God, right now, when you tell me it is time to follow you, to be closer to you, to be purposeful, to be intentional, to do the things that you want me to do, to be effectively able to live my faith with a new eyes of your purpose all over me. If that is what God is really saying, my brothers and sisters, this is possible from now. And if it's possible from now, it means it's possible every day. Why do we wait for the 31st to reset? Because it means that we will miss out on so many things in all these months before resetting. And yet we are not guaranteed to crossing over next year. So who is missing out here? We will want to understand that the night, to go back to verse 12 of Romans 13, the night is fast spent. It is true. How long ago have you given your life to Christ? And I'm not talking about those who have given their life to Christ recently. But for those of us who have been on the journey knowing Christ and, 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 and devouring well, the word of God and living by faith, it's been a long time. Some of us have given their life to Christ 30 years ago. Some of us is probably 12 months ago. But we all need to keep the focus on the night because it moves on. Jesus will return. There is no doubt about it. And if he will return, how? How will he find us? Please don't be entangled and don't be distracted around. It is not in 2020 because you do not know. What you see, what you observe, what you look around is all in this Bible. What's happening right now? There are seasoned prophets who can tell you all about it. But certainly the word of God is telling you about it. All right? So it is not surprising. The rumors of wars are real. No longer rumors, but it happens. And we are not talking about World War III. We are talking about the elements. We are talking about false doctrine. I mean, every time you go to a different church now, you want to make sure that it is according to the word of God. Because the doctrine comes in and eats up. And God says, do not remove from my word. Do not take away, do not add or do not remove from my word. So all these things 
you can see that it is happening. And God says that we should, in Psalm 90, gain a heart of wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. We should get a heart of wisdom. The night is fast spent. Present age is like a night. It's a night of sin that is just about to run its course. Where will we be when the course of that night of sin ends? Where? If that's the case, then we should then cast out all the garments of worldliness that remain in us. I'm not saying they are, but if they are, let's get rid of it. It is time we get rid of it. There's a danger in following God to be lukewarm. There is a danger to be wanting to belong in because we don't want to be excluded. And God is saying very, very clearly, I will spit you out of my mouth. You are not cold, you are not hot. I am finding this distasteful. It's my, it's my Bible, it's not, it's not me. God is saying, I don't like that. And maybe we should be honest with what God is saying and try not to buttress it over and make it nice for our ears to be pleased with what God is saying. He said, I don't like it. You are my child. You are lukewarm. Why do you even come to me? Why do you even think that I will listen? I will not recognize you. I'll put you away from me. Because spitting out means rejection. You know what? Your inheritance is crossed. He's a loving father, but don't be lukewarm. He said, it would have been better for you to have been either cold or hot. But we know we ought to be hot. And by always, it's not a message of condemnation. You know, when you call the facts out of the Bible, people think, well, it's condemnation. No, it's facts. It's from the Bible. So if they are not from the Bible, then I have a problem. Because God will demand of me to make sure uh, what have you actually spoken about? I feel and I believe the Bible is saying God does not like people who are not hot for him. Then the question becomes, how do we maintain that in 2020? How relevant is that in our daily life? How do we impact our families and circles? But most importantly, stepping away for the, from the conferences, stepping away from the church program, stepping away from the brotherhood in church, stepping away from our struggle, what does it mean for me as a child of God today. That's what we ought to answer. I haven't got the answer for you. You've got to find the answer. Because every single one of us, we are on a different journey. We are on different stage in our work with Jesus. Hopefully we can strengthen each other. We can ask of each other, oh, what will you do? What have you done? How did you come out of it? But then we are on a journey. My brother Yodanga shared on the 31st. And if I'm paraphrasing properly, he mentioned about the fact that sometimes you can be praying and God is silent, to use his word. Silent. Which happens. We know God always answered. But sometimes also, what he did say is that when God is silent, that's when you hear him loudest. I think that's what you, you mentioned last time. Don't be afraid for God to be silent. But be very afraid of you being silent with instruction. Don't be afraid of God being silent. He will speak. He will confirm. He will probe. He will show. He will guide. Be concerned about your silence to him. 
That is life-threatening. That is number one danger. And that is what God is talking about when he said, beware, I'm coming. I'm coming to administer judgment. I'm coming for you because I want to take you with me. I'm not coming to punish you, but ultimately, whether you are punished or not depends on you joining. And I will want to say for those of us who are yet to give their life to Jesus Christ, please, hear me out. It is not just a fairy tale. Christ died for us. He died for you. He died for me. There was blood. Jesus Christ died. And the heart of God was torn. But he died for you and for me. And not taking that into consideration and thinking it's just a nice fairy tale, just to probe me to go for a nice ending. No. There is a real life that has been shed that has been given, that has been sacrificed. There is a real blood that speaks today better thing than we ought to, than, than we can even fathom. All that because the extent of the love of God for you and me cannot even be told, cannot be recounted. The Bible says it's so wide. Your love, O oh Lord, your mercy is so wide, I cannot even recount it. I cannot even start expressing it because it's beyond the vocabulary that we have. That love is the one that demands today, through Paul's word, that we cast off the works of the darkness. Let's put on the armor of light. We gird our ways with truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, showed our feet with the gospel. Take the shield of faith. Helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. God has given us the ingredients and the equipment for the demands that he has on us. He has demands on us. We've been equipped with that. And I'd like to say, if in your planning, or if in your actual journey, you find out that they are less useful, then please come, come and speak to, to Pastor Phil. Come and speak to your leaders. Because we want those tools that God has given, that are fit for purpose, to actually befit you. Never think that this armor is too heavy for you to carry. If you have a load too high, you can still cry to Jesus. And he will actually say, my yoke is light. Christ is the helper at hand. We can call upon him 24-7. We can call upon him in distress. We can call upon him in happiness. We can call upon him at any given time. Because he cares for us. But you see, Mark 13, 32 tells us something. That about that day, about the hour, no one knows. Before Jesus returned to heaven, it was sure that he would be coming back. The church needs to stand. The church needs to be alert. And I will say for myself, one of the things that I'm considering, when I'm thinking about sleep, when I'm thinking about, if you take sleep for whatever it is, do you know that sleep is good, actually? I'm not talking about oversleeping, if there is such a word. I'm talking about sleep. Because it is restorative, right? Sleep, when you're tired, refreshes you, and you come out, and you're like, wow, I feel good. When you are under medication, through the sleep, it seems that the drugs go even more fast. Again, I'm not a medic. Maybe that's just in my head. 
But there's something good about sleep because it restores, it refreshes, it makes us more alert. And as a church, I think that's what we need at times, to sleep. But there is a sleep that is counterproductive. There is a sleep that is negative. There is a sleep that takes us away from what God wants to do. Now, if we look at the book of Matthew and Jesus on the mountain of Gethsemane and going to pray and telling his disciples, stand here with me, I'm going to pray. Guy, let us pray. Comes back one time, find them sleeping. Come back the second time, find them sleeping. He will come back and return and find us sleeping. So at that point, the question is this. How much use are we to Jesus Christ? Christ needs us. Can I rearticulate it? Christ needs us. He needs us to be ready. He needs us to be alert. He needs us not to be conformed to this world. Though of this world, though belonging to this world, we are not of the world. But he wants us to go to this world and tell this world that the time is coming. And if we are not mindful of this clock, then we have a problem. We need to go out there with purpose. And many of you here today are doing it because you feel the call of God on your life to tell others about the love of Jesus. Please continue. Please do not let anything deter you from doing so. It is good. And God will refresh you. God will reward you. God will replenish you. You've thrown a lot to his kingdom. Carry on. Pat yourself from the back, but don't stop. Don't stop. Because the world out there is perishing, and it needs you. You cannot sleep when Jesus Christ needs you. This is sin. Wake up, wake up. When I wake up my son after a late night, and he's like, <clears throat> stretching, yawning. But then after, what time is it? It's always that. Please, if you have been stretching and yearning, wake up and say, what time is it, Lord? Tell, ask God, what time? On your watch, what is it? And he will tell you. Be ready. That's the point today. You see, God says in 1 Corinthians 7, 29, I say this, my brethren, that the time is short. And he says then, for the form of this world... The form, the way you know it today, is passing away. This is the reality of the Bible. You don't need to live 150 years to, for this word to come to pass. He will. Whether we are here or whether we aren't, the word will come to pass. Amen. And I'd like to ensure you that now it's not just a matter of doing a risk assessment. Betting uh, is just like, oh, I don't want to be that. He's spoken too much about the time. I want to make sure that today, for the month of January, for the first two weeks, I'm always okay. The difficulty is to constantly do it. Have you left your Bible? Is there much cobwebs in your Bible? What reading? What interpretation? Well, I thank God for my brothers in the church. They keep on blessing me with Bible. Effectively, Aruna is telling me, John, will read your Bible a bit more. <laughs> thank you. I will. And I, I, I managed to resurrect an old Bible. It's still the word of God. You know, refresh yourself in God. Bask in God. Be still and know that he's God. Be still and know that he is God. He will be exalted in the earth. He will be exalted in your life. Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. Because the plan that he has, even the enemy cannot stop them. Amen? Oh, come on. Amen? Thank you. Because you believe what God says, not what I say. 
So you should shout loud to God, not to abuse him, but to thank him and say, yes, Lord, your promises for me will not be put to shame. They will come to pass. I will not be put to shame. I will stand. Amen. So run the race with purpose. If anything, the word today is to run the race with purpose. Reset, do whatever you need to do, but run that race with purpose. And I will actually want to conclude. If there is anything that you have done in 2019 that has been a source of condemnation, where Phil mentioned again this morning, it's very, very interesting what he said. And please, when the man of God speaks, please hear out. Hear out what God says. He said he perceived that some of us have been questioning ourselves. You may be questioning your standing with God. I think that's what you mentioned. It may be the, the truth. I mean, I'm sure that is true, actually, not maybe. If we have been questioning ourselves and blaming ourselves on decisions made past, can I just say something? It's past. Hello? Behind. The cross is also behind. We move forward. We get hooked onto him, and we move forward. So there is no condemnation for those mistakes. It happened because it happened. You turn, you spoke to God, and you say, yeah, fine, move on. Wait with expectation that which you will do. I would want to say that because I feel strongly at the end of this message, it's also time that you do forgive yourself. It's time that you do forgive others who have offended you, it's time that you move in life as the one that you are. You know what you are? You are a child of God. Yeah. You are a queen. You are the apple of God's eyes. Oh, sorry, the men. Sorry. You are a prince. I could see some hard looks like, come on, what about me? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. You are kings and queens. You are the pearl in God's eyes. Remember that. Right? Because God loves you and he will do it. And as we run, please, I, I always like that I have around me people who can encourage me, people who can challenge me. I have discussion with many people in church. I have family. His family is a family church. And it means what it means. And if I have a family, I can go back and cry on their shoulder and they will reset me straight. And They will tell me. But ultimately, it's because they are concerned about my race. How do I run? Don't be fearful of the challenge, please. Be, let's be honest. It's time to be honest with one another. Don't just come and greet me or I like your suit today. Uh, I'm not going to wear it for the next 360 days anyway. But just come and tell me, how did you sleep? Is your spiritual life sleeping? What do you want to do? How can we help? Can we pray for you? You know? And then we will all go to conferences together. But most importantly, we'll cross that gate of heaven together. That's what is at stake. And God bless you as we do so. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless 
and goodbye.